You're listening to Japanese Baptist Church in Seattle, Washington. So, I want to share something that、uh, has been, I guess, something of a struggle for me for, for years. I can't go far back. And、um, I just took for granted that I don't sleep very well. I'm very tired all the time, and it's just life. Until I finally just casually brought it up with my doctor. And then she began to ask questions like, well, Um, do you find it really difficult to stay awake during the day? Are there moments, even like when you're driving, where you feel very drowsy?、Um, do you ever feel like not rested when you get up? And I was like, yeah, I mean, all the time. And I just thought, isn't that what everyone goes through? And she was like, no, that's actually, that could be a sign of something.、Um, you might have a sleep disorder. And so this is all new to me. So the next thing I know is like I'm being sent to a sleep specialist. And,、um, They sent me home with this kit to look at how I sleep. And sure enough, it sounds like for a very long time,、um, I just have not been sleeping well. And so, I just for the past couple of days, they ordered me a CPAP machine that helps me to breathe properly at night. And I was just thinking, wow, I didn't realize when you wake up, you should feel like you're rested. <laughs> These are just basic things that I guess people do that I just don't. Um, even if I nap or go early, like I'm still tired, and it's just been a constant struggle of mine. So, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because I think there's sometimes in our own spiritual lives, we just go through things and we think, like, you know, I guess this is just the way it is,、um, and it's normal. Until one day we do a spiritual checkup and we're like, oh, actually, my life with God is not well. I haven't taken that moment to just ask myself, is this actually God's intention for how I'm living?、Um, is it normal for me to always be tired? And I just needed a doctor to say, like, no, that's very strange that you have to deal with that.、Um, some of us just get accustomed to living in places of spiritual unhealth because that's all we've ever known. And so, what I want to do today's message、um, before I go in further is to maybe ask ourselves, Um, why don't you do a little spiritual checkup with me? So, I'm going to just ask some questions for you. Do I struggle with a strong pessimism about any new endeavor? Do I go to great lengths to avoid change in times of trial? Does change seem to be more of a burden than something I look forward to? Am I skeptical? That I can change and God can use me to make a difference in the world? Do I feel that great things are meant for others and not for me? Do some of those questions resonate with you? These struggles are indicative of a heart that is struggling with hope. And one of the most important things. That God wants to give to us through the good news of the resurrection of Easter is hope. And I hope today that you can begin to ask and to pray and to long for the hope that God desires to give you. So, why is hope so important? If we don't have hope in our lives, we dread the future and the troubles that come. We can't endure our present challenges because we feel like we're not going to go anywhere and no solutions will be found. 
Our past looks like it doesn't have any purpose if we can't look at our past with the lens of hope. And then we feel like we're going in no direction and that we have no pleasure in going forward into the future. Hope saves us from spiritual depression because without hope, we will not find the strength to obey God and to believe that God has good things for those who wait upon God. Hope is the lifeline that we need to cling to when we are in challenging times. It is the way that we survive and go against odds. It is the way that we are brave in the face of impossibility. And in this series, talking about what do we receive from God, I'm going to be talking about um, things that we receive from God since I've been talking so long about releasing. And today I want to talk about receiving hope. But I also want to talk about in the weeks to come, receiving grace and receiving love. But I want to start with hope, especially because this has been a very challenging year for all of us. I think all of us have been having questions about what do we do next after a post-pandemic world? They say the most challenging time to talk about hope is actually not when you're doing your worst because everything in your being is just trying to survive. It's that moment when you have a glimmer of change, when it feels like things are about to turn. That is when we're most fragile to talk about hope because we're scared of being disappointed. We're scared of not being able to fully realize the hope that is appearing. And maybe with the vaccinations happening, we also realize it's a scary time because of the variants and the uncertainty of a lot of things in our lives. We need to think about hope and we need to think about what it means biblically. We're in a time where the pandemic has also affected the national consciousness to talk about what does brokenness look like on the social level? Brokenness between the races, talking about injustice. I think of all of our good friends in the Evergreen family of the Burma churches and just the horror of what's going on in Myanmar and political unrest. These are difficult times. And it's exactly in these difficult times that we need to hear the songs of hope. I appreciate very much um, Alex opening with the song gathering us in, making us recognize that we are in a time and a world of brokenness. And we need songs of hope to get us through. And it's not about avoiding or denying the brokenness of the world around us, but looking it straight in the face and still speaking the hope of God into it. And in particular, I wanna talk about Romans chapter eight, because I believe this chapter really tells us a lot about how we cultivate hope in our lives, how we receive hope from God. If you look in Romans chapter eight and verse 23, Paul begins by saying, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. If we want to grow in hope, we have to open ourselves to that inner groaning, to that inner longing. When I was younger, um, I kind of prided myself in being a pessimist. I would always say like, yeah, I, I saw that coming. And I realized a lot of why I did that was because I was trying to protect myself. You see, pessimists stay safe without hope because they don't want to know anything else. 
They don't know anything. They, want to know, they don't want to know anything about the world out there. If we don't long for anything, then we don't hope for anything. We are safe from disappointments and dissatisfaction in a way, but our inner being withers away and is impoverished. The trap of this attitude is that you're always going to stay where you are and you won't allow yourself to be changed by God. I don't want to be changed. I don't need to be changed. I'm fine. Maybe some of us today, there is a serious pattern of brokenness in your life and you're just like, this is all I know. I'm okay in it. I'll stay in it. Indeed, this is why many people do not come to the good news of Jesus Christ, because they feel like, well, this is all I know. How could it be better? We don't long for the hope and the promises that God offers us in Christ. Some of us, when we look at the brokenness of the world and we see these overwhelming cases of social uh, injustice, racism, prejudice. We look at it and we're thinking, it's too painful to think about a world beyond this because it's just, an, it's, it's just too much to just operate in the world that we know. Do you know how much energy and strength it would take to long for a world that we can actually overcome all of this? Maybe some of you at JBC are thinking, well, 120 years, that church is always the same. We've had a couple of viewers who have not come to the church in a long time, but you've been brave enough to um, see one of our online services. And maybe you think that you can't believe that JBC can be changed and renewed by God. But I want to say to all of us, one of the most powerful things that we want to pray for today is to pray, God, I want to long for things again. I want to long for things that are on your heart. Even though I am growing inwardly, I want to wait eagerly for what you can do to introduce hope into JVC, into our communities, into our nation, into our lives and our families. Which goes to verse 24. Says this, it's uh, Paul says, Who hopes for what they already have? If we want to grow in hope, we have to open ourselves to the unseen. See, Paul is what Paul is saying here in this letter to the Romans, when he says, Who hopes for what they already have? Hope isn't about looking at what you already have and thinking, This is pretty good. That doesn't make any sense. Hope is about being brave and operating in the unseen world. If you try and get hopeful about your life by trying to spin everything positively about the things that you see, nothing will change. Hope is about the courage to look beyond what is there. We don't want to assess our families, our personal vacation, our church, our situations by what we already see. We have to ask God to give us the eyes of God's heart to see beyond our current reality. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Paul isn't afraid of tribulations or even death because he knew of the hope of the resurrection. Now, obviously, Paul had never died before, so he's never seen it. 
but he had this boldness, this hope. And because of that, he was able to declare those famous words, we live by faith and not by sight. Don't judge your future and what God has for you by what, what you already have. Who hopes for what they already have? For those who hope what you already have, you don't know what God can do beyond what you see. You must train yourselves to take the eyes of faith that let you see what God sees. A lot of times when I'm at church, I, I pray and I say, God, help me to not look at JBC with what I see, but help me to see it as you see it, God. There are times where people have come to church and people write them off and they say, oh, well, you know that person. They're always going to be like that. And it's important for me to always be praying, God, how do you see them? What possibility, what beautiful things do you see growing in them? What things... Holy Spirit, do you see that you will raise up in that person? You see, the world saw Abraham as an old wanderer, way past his prime. But God saw him as a source of God's people, a living symbol, a living patriarch of our faith. The world saw David as a shepherd boy runt, doing mundane uh, tasks in the field. But God saw the greatest king ever. The world saw Jesus as a carpenter's son who spent 30 years of his life doing who knows what because it wasn't recorded. But God saw the savior of the world, the chosen one, Messiah of God. Some of you might see JBC as a little building on 160 Broadway. But what does God see here? Some of you might be thinking, we're a small ragtag bunch of folks. But what does God see when God looks at our community? When God sees what we are doing? Who hopes for what they already have? When people say, oh, open your eyes and look around you, I want to say, no, open your eyes so much that you can look beyond what is around you. God is calling us to receive the hope of Christ, to be bold enough to dream and to dare to think and to, to truly trust that God can do something greater than we can ask, see, or imagine. Which leads us to the last part of this passage in verse 26, that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. If we want to grow in hope, we have to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit because hope is a battle. Hope is not something that you can easily put on like a coat. Hope is something you definitely must fight for because there are some days where what you see in the world today is so discouraging, so overwhelming. Hope seems so far away. And Paul acknowledges that you're going to be weak sometimes. Sometimes you're not even going to know how to pray because you're so overwhelmed. Hope is a miraculous thing that doesn't just come through your willpower. 
It doesn't just come about because you think this is the right thing to do. We really have to call out one of the most powerful things that the Holy Spirit does in our life is that the Holy Spirit stirs in us and helps us in our weakness. Romans highlights to us something so powerful that we, we don't think about, we don't talk about enough in the church, is that God intercedes and blesses us when we are just at our worst, when all we can do are wordless groans, when we are just overwhelmed by the challenges and the brokenness of the world around us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us in words that are greater than anything that we could say. How good to know that when our prayers are weak and feeble, the power of the Holy Spirit is speaking through us. I certainly have many times where I do not feel hope in my life. I wake up and I do not feel the power and the courage of God. But hope can be stirred in us. It can be imparted to us through the Holy Spirit. When we are looking for what we call inspiration, the word inspiration literally means something breathing into us. And if you don't have anything breathing into you, the exact word of it, if you look at etymology, is expiration. You die. If we're not breathing, we die. And how powerful to know that the Greek word for spirit is ruah, which is breath. It's also the word for breath. Literally, when God's breath comes into us, we live. But to not seek out the Holy Spirit's living breath in us means we die. And we die because we don't have hope. We cannot face the challenges of this world if we do not invite the living breath of the Holy Spirit to come into us. I talk about the Holy Spirit all the time, but as I grew as a theologian, as I began to study the scriptures more, I realized that the reality of Easter, the reality of the church today is founded by the Holy Spirit. This is not a denominational thing. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's just biblical that we have to rely and depend daily on the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit. If we are weak today, if you're watching this sermon, wherever you are, and you feel discouraged, just humble yourself and say, Holy Spirit, breathe on me again. Just like when all the disciples were so discouraged, when they thought Jesus had died, Jesus visited them where they were hiding, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the new life that God has. You can have hope today, friends, in this season of Easter, not because everything's going great, not because all of your problems are solved, not because you have so much money, not because you are secure uh, in all of your plans. You can have hope because the Spirit has promised to be there for those in Christ. The Spirit has promised to be there to help you in your weakness. So as I close, I want to challenge all of us in the season of Easter to allow your hearts to long, to open yourself to the aching of wanting more for your life, wanting more of God, wanting more than what you see, recognizing that this is a world of pain. 
and then to fix your eyes on the unseen. And then when you see the unseen, to ask for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I believe that you can do something here. When I came to JBC, I believe the Holy Spirit can come into this church and breathe the new, fresh breath of God into this place. God has been doing something here for the past 122 years. But God desires to do more, to do new things. Our community is new. Seattle has new challenges in this day and age. And while we can't do it on our own with what we see, I believe in the unseen. Who hopes for what they already have? I have hopes, and that's why I continue to plan, to pray, and to prepare for the coming seasons of this church. Our calling is still strong. The things that we have to do are still there. And I believe we will be equal to the task, not because of what we can do, but because God is helping us in our weakness. This is good news. For all of us, my prayer for you is that you receive the Holy Spirit. Amen.